Hello and welcome to the podcast. You're listening to Be Uncluttered. I'm Rebecca Mazzino and with me is Tara Tuttle and together we are going to help you on your journey to a life free of clutter. Hi and welcome to the show. This week we are doing a little bit of a refresher on five ways that you might be able to help your children to let go. And the reason this has come up for me at the moment is because it's nearing the end of the summer holidays and I always encourage my kids to do a bit of a bedroom declutter before they go back to school and start the new school year. And I was talking with some of my mum friends about it and there's plenty of mums that find this tricky and they wonder how how to encourage their kids to let go, whether they're four years old or 16 years old, or anywhere in between. And so we thought we'd go through five key things that you can do to help encourage your kids to let go of some of the clutter in their rooms. Yeah. And as we've mentioned probably several times, because it's one of these points we like to really ram on home, is that we recommend doing decluttering with your kids and not to them or for them. So all of these tips are around working with your kids to help them learn the skills for the the long term. So the first one is a really key one that actually flows on a lot through the rest of them. And this uh, tip is to basically figure out what their currency is. What is it that they want and what speaks to and motivates them? And by working this out, you will then be equipped to ask all the right questions, provide all the right motivation just from knowing this. For plenty of years now, my kids' biggest motivation has been cash, Uh, sometimes because they've got a big savings goal or sometimes because they just want to beef up their bank account. But money talks in my house. Mm. And so there's been a few different ways that I have used the lure of the mighty dollar to get my kids to let go. Occasionally, I might have been known to buy things off of my children um, if they are wanting to let go of things, especially this happens more when my kids acquire things and they stay new or they get them as gifts that they already know that you know, before they take them out of the packaging that they don't want anymore. I might, I remember there was a birthday party where my daughter got two gifts, two board games that were exactly the same, one from a family member and one from a friend. And so she kept one and I said, look, I'll pay you $10 for the other one rather than you putting both in your room and which she probably quite happily would have done. I gave her some money for the other one because it meant then I could either donate it or pass it on to someone else. So Mm. I've used that uh, little nugget to give my kids cash to help them let go. Um, The other thing is, you know, my kids will quite happily either pop things in a consignment store or sell them on eBay or Marketplace if they think they're going to get some money for it. Mm. Yeah, I think that uh, money is a good motivator for some kids there are others that are less motivated by money so you might be able to try something else you could uh take take advantage of their kind heart (laughs) that sounds terrible (laughs) um but you could you know a lot of kids are very well most kids are really generous and they're very empathetic about other kids 
who have special needs or uh, who are underprivileged or whatever it is. And so they can um, respond really well to the idea that another child who doesn't have as much of them is going to have something if they will donate some of their toys. So that's often something that, you know, that really tugs on their little heartstrings and and they um, really enthusiastically will donate. The other thing you can do, which almost might combine the two, is if your child is a giver and has a charity of choice, whether it be Save the Dolphins or um, a local homeless shelter or anything like that, is you could encourage them to sell some of their unwanted items so that they have got money then to give the charity because there's obviously charities that you can't give your unwanted goods to but you might be able to make some money from from passing them on or selling them and then you can hand that money on to someone that might need it. So you can also look at charity as an option um, that way. Another thing that really motivates kids is a redecoration or a redesign of their room. So often when kids sort of change it usually happens around the tween age especially where they start wanting to maybe have some control over their room, the way it looks, or the design of it or the colours or, or something like that. So often uh, a good motivator for kids can be like, let's get your room the way you want it to look uh, in order to you know, repaint it, we're going to need to declutter or in order to change the furniture, we might need to change the stuff that you have or the amount of things that you have. And so that can be a really good motivator for them as well. Um, actually, Tara and I were also joking just before we started recording that one of the things for her kids is the move, like the move has often been a motivator for them um, as well, hasn't it? Yeah. And not... Not that we even talk about it in terms of decluttering. It's more just what is worthy of being taken to the next house. What mm. do you want to have? And it's a really clear, I guess, line in the sand for this house and this me and what we had here. And then what do I want when I reinvent mm. myself in the new house? Or, you know, two girls that are um, growing up and they think, okay, well, I have a new room coming up. I have a new opportunity for something new. And you can see them move through the ages and go, okay, well, I don't, I don't need stuffed toys in my next room because I'm past that now. So I'll keep a couple, but the rest can go. And I don't want this, um, bedspread or these cushions anymore because they're babyish or they're too girly. I want, now I want them in black, <laughs> whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, it, it is a good motivator, the change. Yeah. Uh, and I guess at that point then you can also guide your kids. If if they've gone from, say, one really strong phase, so if we think of like a, a young boy that might be really into dinosaurs and then he changes into space, you might encourage them before they go into the space theme to – remove the majority of the dinosaurs, maybe keep a favourite thing or a photo of the room in its big dinosaur theme or something like that, Mm. and then encourage them if they're moving on to the next theme that all of the things that went with the last theme could be donated so that, you know, someone else could have a a dinosaur-themed room or or whatever it is. But but using that that change as a catalyst to get in there and get rid of all the stuff that they're ready to let go of. Yeah, so I think that, you know, getting them used to the idea that uh, change is something to, you know, it's an opportunity um, and it's a chance to move to a different phase and have 
a new you, then that can be a motivator for them as well. So then the second way to help kids let go uh, would be to use and set and stick to boundaries and rules. Boundaries is one of my favorite things in the whole world. So, and I'm sure long time listeners would have heard me bang on about them how many times before? (laughs) A billion. Mm -hmm. Um, so this will be nothing new to people who have um, listened to most of these episodes, but boundaries, boundaries, boundaries. They're, they're brilliant. Yeah. So it could be as simple as here is a basket and you can only keep as many Barbies or as many action figures as will fit in this basket. So once it's full, anything that doesn't fit in there can be donated um, or sold or whatever it is. So you can keep really clear limits like that on storage containers, things like that. Um, Or you could go broader and say you can only keep in your room what fits in storage containers or on a horizontal surface. So we don't keep Anything on the floor, the floor is not a home. Mm. Anything I find on the floor, I'm going to ask you to either put in its home or we will let go of. So you can create boundaries that way as well. Yeah. And, use, you know, using storage, different storage things. So, you know, again, displaying creations can have a boundary around it as well. It's like, okay, all your Lego creations, uh, this is the shelf for all your Lego creations and you can cram as many on there as you possibly can. Uh, When they start toppling off, then that needs to be reviewed and we need to find some other way to to deal with the Lego. So they either get broken, uh, photographed and broken up and put back into the stuff that creates the (laughs) – you know what I'm saying – yeah. Back, back into the box that uh, you make, you create Lego things from um, or it gets sold or donated as a pack or something like that. But there is that boundary of that rule of this is how much space there is for this. And you don't necessarily need to dictate those rules. That can be something that the kids can come up with as well because, you know, if you've got, let, let's say there's a bookcase and it's got nine cubes, you can actually say to your kid, how many cubes do you want for books? How many cubes do you want for cars? How many cubes do you want for soft toys? Um, and there, it, it doesn't matter if they make up the rules. If they say, I want nine cubes for books, then you say, okay, well, let's get rid of all of the toys then. Um, or if they sort of say, probably the only argument parents would have is if there were no cubes for books. <laughs> I know parents, yeah. and, parents and books, they're a bit like, ah, you know, you have to have books. But, you know, they can make up the rules. It's not you necessarily going in and dictating, but you need to set the boundaries um, because you're the one who knows what's helpful and healthy. But they can choose how they use those boundaries and for what what and what can go in those boundaries if that makes sense Mm, yeah definitely and one of the rules that I use a lot with myself and so I think it has rubbed off a bit on my kids is one in one out and that shows up in many forms Uh, quite often it's the case in wardrobes if we're purchasing a new set of jeans it's because an old set of jeans is either too small or worn out has a hole um is out of style or you know the kids don't like them anymore so then they either get passed on or donated or put in the bin so one in one out we also have the rule which i've talked about on here before um about giving before you get so before birthdays and before christmas in our house we always do a little go through some of the excess in the room and see if there are things that we can donate before we get given more presents. So that's mm. a little it's a little rule that we have in our house and it's just kind of become second nature for us now. Yep. And it just occurred to me as well is that there is another boundary you can create and that is one as parents on yourself 
And that is boundaries on how much stuff you acquire for your kids in the course of a year. So you can put mm-hmm. boundaries around the acquisition or how many things they get given throughout the year, which isn't a decluttering tip so much, but it is a boundary that will then reduce the amount of decluttering you have to do in the long term. Mm. So our third tip then is to speak in a language that is age appropriate. This is a way you can definitely help your kids to let go. Um, Mm. And depending on the age of your kids, it depends on the language that you might use. So how would you, how would you talk about, about decluttering and letting go for young kids, Beck? Um, I guess we have to just watch how they, they don't necessarily understand the, the the boundaries on space they don't really understand the consequences unless they've seen the rest of the house get too full um it's hard for them to to visualize you know too many things in in a room so again just explaining to them that uh, there is a certain amount of space and things things have to come in and have to go out but keep it sort of simple when it comes to making the decisions one thing that I have used with young children and so this would be sort of under seven would be to help them make decisions on their belongings so let's let's say we're in a situation where they need to declutter because the room is unmanageable um and if you sort of say saying to a like a, a five-year-old you know which which ones don't you want anymore it's not really going to cut it because they're like, but I want them all. And because the volume is unhelpful, that's not an answer that is helpful either. So um, using other language. So one of the things that I did with a little girl once, she uh, she has autism and um, she's she was six, I think, at the time, and she had more soft toys than what would comfortably fit in the room. And we talked about it and she wasn't against the decluttering, we sort of said we need these to, you know, to fit better so that you can keep your room tidy and you can find the things that you want to find. And she understood that quite well. And then it was down to making some decisions. And I said to her, why don't we pretend we're having a party and we're having a, a room party? Um, which of these toys are your best, best, best friends? Which are the ones that would go like straight away? You're the ones that you absolutely invite to this party. And so she went off and, and grabbed, you know, a few of them and brought them over to me. And I said, awesome. I said, which ones are the ones that are like your friends? Um, you don't like hang out with them all the time, but you do sometimes. Um, which ones are those? And she sort of went and got those ones. And I said, which ones are not friends? Like maybe like the kids at school that you know and you'll smile to and you'll be nice to, but you don't actually play with in the playground. Um, and she went, oh, that's those ones. And so we ended up having basically an invitation list of soft toys that were allowed to come to the party. And so those that didn't make the invitation list, we then talked about maybe donating them to someone who doesn't have any toys or something like that. And she was well and truly on board. So we did that with a small selection. And then after that, every time she brought or every time we came across another toy, I'd be like, is this one a best friend, a friend or a not friend? And she would straight away, she would say, ooh, friend. And so what we did with the best friends is they were the absolute keeps. The not friends, they were the donate. And then the, um, the, the friends were dependent on the space available. So most of them stayed because we had room for them. Um, I think actually, I think all of them stayed because we had room because she was actually, she actually culled quite a lot. And so that was sort of one way that she could prioritize her toys, um, in a way that made sense to her. So that's one method that I've used a fair amount. Yeah, I think that's really good. And then you can probably 
get a little bit more complex as they get a little bit older. I think when my kids have been around the 8 to 10, roughly, maybe 8 to 12 age, we talk about homes. I mean, I don't get me wrong, I talk about homes for things with my husband as well and he's in his mid-40s. <laughs> but I think the concept of homes I bring up, you know, or have mm. brought up with the girls around that 8 to 12. And we talk about things that they own and finding homes for them. And if things don't have a home, then they shouldn't they shouldn't stay. Mm. And there's only so many homes available in your room. And so give the things that are most important the easiest, most accessible homes. Um, and if you run out of homes and you've got to decide what's what is homeless and what is not staying. Mm. And um, that that seems to work for the kids. And then um, you can continue that as they get older. You can like I will I never say put this away anymore. I'm just like put this in its home. Mm. <laughs> like Yeah, it's great reinforcing shoes. language. Yeah. Yeah. Put yeah. this in its home. And then it's that whole idea of the kids will turn around sometimes and go, well, it doesn't have a home. Okay, we'll put it in the donation bag. No, but I will then find it a home, mm. make it a home. Yeah, or know? donate something else so that you can fit it in its home. Yeah. yeah. Um, and that becomes sort of, yeah, quite a, a great habit for them to get into. And, um, yeah, I, I, I mean, I may have told this story before, but I remember a few days after Zoe's birthday once, and I think it would have been her maybe 10th birthday, something like that. can't remember exactly. And there was this massive pile of new things in the middle of her bedroom floor. And it, after about four days, I couldn't really get to her bed to say goodnight to her. <laughs> and so I said to her, you know what? <laughs> we have to do something about this pile of stuff in the floor. And she said, yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll do it tomorrow. So after school the next day, she set about tackling that pile. And I went in to check on her and there was a small pile on the floor. And she said, oh, I'm done. She said, I just have this pile here on the floor that I can't find a home for. Can you help me find a home? And so that was really good because she was already thinking about homes, like the language that she was using Mm -hmm. for herself was all about homes. So it does get into their heads. If you say it enough, they start thinking the same way. Um, And then thinking about homes instead of just tidy your room is a really concrete way for them to actually then um, focus on the task. And it's a way to, to help them keep their room maintained without this ambiguous, broad um, description of clean, (laughs) um, which is really nonspecific and completely subjective. But having things in its home is very objective. It's either in its home or it's not. And that's something that you you can help them use to manage their own space. Yeah, definitely in in our house with my youngest, if I tell her to tidy her room, Tidy means shove all the random things on the floor into the cupboard, the bottom mm. of the cupboard, and shut the cupboard. That's, um, how, that's what I'd... tidying up was for me when I was a kid. <laughs> uh, actually, that was if... t- tidying up for me was until I was about thirty. <laughs> <laughs> if I tell her to put everything in its home, then all mm. the dirty clothes that are in the bottom of the cupboard go into the clothes basket and that kind of thing because the tidy is almost like that's the quick and dirty mm-hmm. a visitor's dropping around in five minutes and your room needs to be presentable put stuff in its home is more like okay spend some time in your room and actually put yeah. everything back where it belongs so you can yeah. find it so yeah. and then I think if you go a little bit older than that if you've got older kids in their teens you can get a little more complex again. You can talk about um, keeping samples of things rather than the whole collection that if they're letting go of stuff, keep something that might trigger the memory without keeping all of it. 
You can talk about things like Hall of Fame, which we've talked about before. Legacy items is something I've started talking um, to my daughter about, things that that are sentimental when I say, well, who will want this for, you know, down the track? If you um, are keeping it long-term, are you keeping it for you or are you keeping it because you want to maybe show your kids one day? Is this like a legacy thing? Um, that's So that's a concept we've talked about. And also one of the questions I'll throw out there sometimes is, you know, is this representative of your style or mm. your personality? Is this who you are now or who you used to be or who you want to be? Um, we talk about sentimentality as well. So I think there's a few concepts there you can talk to your kids about. Mm, definitely. As they get older, bring in a few new concepts and ideas. Yeah. And you can also talk to them about what makes them feel comfortable and, you know, what, what kind of what's the volume of stuff that they find um, comforting and when does that tip over into anxious and uncomfortable and so there's that as well and uh, you can also talk to them about the the time it takes to manage it you know older teens they're quite busy and so you know the the more stuff they have the more time they have to invest in managing that stuff and so if that's not a priority for them if they're really you know if they're really set on making the state hockey team for example and they're wanting to train four hours a day then that is another thing to talk to them about it's like okay well then perhaps you need to simplify other things in your life uh, in order to do that. So perhaps we could um, maybe some decluttering will help you reduce the amount of work you have to do in your room. So, you know, talking to them about their priorities in life um, and their tolerance levels for clutter and things like that can be helpful too. Excellent. So another tip, which is really key, I think, in helping teach your children to let go is to lead by example. Mm. So... This one's a bit Help of a them. tough one to swallow sometimes for some parents. Yeah. It's like, I'm not the problem. My kids are the problem. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to teach my kids to let go of their stuff. Mm. Um, but I guess you can show them through your actions, but also talking through what you're doing for yourself. Help them understand that belongings have a life cycle and that when you want new things in your life, some of the old things have to go uh, to make space for them and that you might um, be grateful, you might uh, grieve the loss of some things um, possibly and then you move on and you get new things. But I think modelling those kind of behaviours for your kids are really important because when they see that you let go of things that you once loved and you survive it mm-hmm. and you move on, exactly. they will know that they can do the same. Yeah, exactly. And I think that uh, another thing to be careful of doing as well is to uh, project any anxieties you have about letting go onto your children as well. So if they say, I want to get rid of this, and then you say, oh, you can't get rid of that, that's too special, that's probably going to undermine any of the work mm. of the work that they have done to make that decision themselves. And so, and that can be a difficult thing to do. And I, I, I find myself as well, you know, um, needing to manage that because there are things my kids want to let go of that I don't really want them to let go of. But, you know, having instead of undermining their decision and saying you can't let go of that, um, own it and say, okay, that's great. You've made that decision to let go of that. Uh, it makes it makes me uncomfortable and I'm going to choose to perhaps keep that and put that in my memory box, however, you know. Um, and so going through that process intentionally instead of just undermining them with your own projections of your own anxieties um, can, can be helpful too. 
Mm. And don't be dismissive of of their attachments to things. Mm. You know, we as adults become really attached to some of our possessions and so, you know, we've talked previously about taking a photo or keeping samples of things, showing gratitude for those things before you let them go or taking time to process and and thinking about something and then letting it sit for a while and revisiting later when you've had a bit of time to to let it percolate. So mm-hmm. I think do the same with your kids, like um, recognise that they might be attached to their belongings just like you have been too. And part of that modelling is is showing them that it's there's, there's methods and there's ways to keep the memories without keeping the item and things like that. Yeah. And, yeah, and just remember that they're watching you. <laughs> Every, everything that you do and say, they're watching you. And so part of teaching by example is just being aware of that because there will be times where you do or say things that might not help them be better at letting go, but if you sort of are aware of that, you can you can figure out ways to, to mitigate it a little bit. And our lucky last tip to help your kids let go is to make it fun. I can't think of anything that would bore my kids more <laughs> than standing in their room for hours on end, going through piece of clothing after piece of clothing and then, you know, every toy. So one thing I would recommend is to do it often so that mm. it takes less time. So yeah, it might definitely. be you do it once a month for 10 minutes, you know, regular little spurts so it doesn't become this big arduous task that then the next time you suggest it, they all groan and roll their eyes at you. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> what else or, do you or do? Or flatly Be- refuse. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's it. What else do you do to make it fun? Uh, I that's that's been my main technique is the breaking it down into little chunks and just working on one small area at a time. But you know, having some music on, getting them to choose their music, uh, having goals and things to like remind them of what they're doing. It's like having a new bedspread or new something or other to motivate them to to come forward to to move forward on it as well can be more fun i was i'm not as good at making things fun as you are tara like i tend to just be like come on let's just do it (laughs) and you know we just do it together i guess Mm -hmm. and not make it i don't i don't yeah i'm not very good at making things fun i just realized that that's just an awful realization to come (laughs) (laughs) we would do we would like stop for dance party breaks or to croon out, belt out some hideous song. Um, (laughs) The other thing that I did, and I did this with clients a few times as well and I had mixed reactions, is I (laughs) I had three big round tubs and um, sometimes it would just be about shooting hoops, like trying to, like especially if it's clothes and you'd put the tubs on the other side of the room and then you'd like see if you could get a goal. Like when you let something go, they were the donation ones on the other side of the room. And I think because of the joy of trying to shoot Mm. and see if you can get it in, the kids were more inclined to let stuff go because they wanted another shot. Yeah. Um, The other thing I did was came up with faces and stuck them to the tubs. So I did this with a friend of mine when we did her wardrobe and one of them was the things we were going to sell. So I put Je- a picture of Jennifer Lopez on there because she was like a rags to riches kind of story. So she went from nothing to mega wealthy. So I was like, that's the stuff you're selling. That's how you're going, f- you know, 
We're giving that stuff to Jennifer Lopez to make cash out of. And then we had the charity bin. We had Princess Diana because she was like the the people's princess and the queen of charity Mm -hmm. um, and helping people. So anything that was being donated would go to Princess Diana. And then I don't want to offend anyone, so I won't say. We had a really trashy pop star (laughs) on the other bin. And that was the stuff to go in the bin. That was the trash that wasn't worth selling. So we'd be like, oh, what are we going to do with this cardigan? Are we giving it to J-Lo or Princess Diana or the trashy pop star? And so, and then you choose who you're going to give it to. So it yeah. just it just changed the conversation a bit and made it a yeah. bit lighter so it didn't feel so so boring. But occasionally I'd rock up to a client's house and I'd have, I'd have like the, the trashy pop star and they'd be like, Oh, she's my favourite. I'd be like, oh, okay, right, we need Scrap to that change that. Yeah. yeah, she's not, I don't want you to give all your best stuff to her. Your best stuff needs to stay in the wardrobe. <laughs> she's supposed to be the trash. So um, you could tailor it to your kids. You could have poor patrol characters or you could have like the villain from one of the Marvel movies could be mm-hmm. like the things that, that are they letting go of that need that are broken that need to go to the bin, give them all to the villain and then... I don't know, Thor yeah. gets all the awesome stuff that's being donated to someone else. Whatever, tailor it to your kids yeah, yeah. If, if that, you know, changes the conversation about where it's going to and how it's being let go of. Yeah, that's so. a great idea. And I think there's yeah, lots of people that are better at this than me and I think that they could, they they will be able to run with it, um, with what you've just said. They'll be able to come up with some really good ideas. But, yeah, I'm, I'm, less, less, I'm less fun than that. <laughs> You also I do. Have older I, kids, I do. Like, there's some fun things that I do with other things. I, one of the fun things I do with clients is, and you can't necessarily do this with the kids, but like, who can get the oldest food? Like, when you're going through the foods, who <laughs> finds the oldest wins the prize? <laughs> That's a fun game. That turns them being in, from embarrassed that they've got 20 year old spices in their cupboard to excited that they've got 20 year old spices in their cupboard. So that makes it more fun. <laughs> Very good. I like that. The last thing I would probably say is reward the effort. So if you've got kids and they're a bit moany and groany about having to do this, even if you only get let go of or they only let go of two things, reward the energy that they put in. Mm. So it might be a trip to the park, might be, you know, an ice cream cone. doesn't really matter. Just acknowledge that it was hard work and it was effort and they took the time and they've let go of something and that that mm. is a step in the right direction. Yeah. Um, Just don't make the reward something else to find a home for. Yes, not stuff. Not stuff. Time um, Time or or junk food. <laughs> yeah. And, and, you know, the thing is Joking. if that's your motivator during it, if the, the change of bedroom seems too far off to keep them excited – you know, because that's six six months down the track. Mm. Maybe it's, look, if we can get through this tub today, get through all the action figures, uh, then we'll go spend half an hour at the pool this afternoon or whatever it might mm. be. And then that gives them that to focus on because it's short-term reward rather than the, if I get through the tub of action figures in six months, I get a new room. Yeah, <laughs> so. definitely. And, and mm. for really young kids, uh, from a psychological perspective, it's only the now that matters. They can't they can't think about the long term. Like it doesn't work for them. So you need to give them something immediate as as the reward because a long term reward, you know, for someone under five, it doesn't really work. It's their brain's not ready, not wired for that yet. Um, they don't do delayed gratification. 
It's not their thing. And that's why they invented jelly beans. <laughs> For every toy that goes in the bucket, you can have a jelly bean. A jelly bean. Or a grape. Or a kiss a or a cuddle option. or a tickle or a, you know, yeah. a high five or, yeah, something or a fun handshake that only you and they know or something like that. So, yeah, something yeah. that's quick and immediate is really helpful. That's it. So that's our five ways to help kids to let go. If you have any suggestions that you would like to make, you can share them in our Facebook community group. And we will see you again here next week. Thanks for joining us. We'd love it if you'd leave a review or tell all your friends about us so they too can be uncluttered. If you'd like to connect with us, you can find us at beuncluttered.com.au or on social media or on our own websites at rebeccamazino.com.au and basklifecoaching.com.